Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to another fun episode of TFL Talking Trucks. I am Andre Smirnov, and with me is my partner in crime, Roman, I'm over here, way over here, Andre, because we're social distancing. Yes. That doesn't mean we're not going to be talking trucks today. <laughs> right. We can still talk lots of trucks. And on this episode, we're talking about off-road trucks, more specifically trucks that we personally have tested. Yeah, we're going to find out what's the best off-road truck for you. Is it a midsize, a full-size, or a heavy-duty? Or in other words, is it a half-ton, <laughs> a three-quarter ton, <laughs> or, or a quarter ton? <laughs> or, or, or in other words, a is no it a baby bear, yeah. is it a mama bear, or is it a papa bear? And the reason we're going to talk about that, Andre, of course, is because we just got done running um, not just Imogene Pass in the Silverado, but more importantly, a tin cup with all three trucks. And we learned some important lessons. Yeah, we have. And we've owned these trucks for at least half a year. Yep. In most cases, even nine months. Yep. So we know a lot about yeah, the these Ford trucks. we've almost owned for a year now. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a long time. Thank you for joining TFL Talking Trucks podcast. If you love pickup trucks or big full-size SUVs, if you love trailering, towing, and going off-road, this is the right place to be. Together, we can make this podcast the most popular ever. It's always about you know, what you value most, right? Do you value capability? Do you value payload? Do you value uh, comfort? Uh, and and yes. it's not, a, it's a simple question, you know, what's the best truck for going off-road? It's like you said, the small, middle size or large one, but it's really what meets your needs. Yeah, well, let's describe the trucks, right? Yeah, let's talk about them. So let's start with the mama. No, I'll start with the baby bear. Baby bear. Yeah. Yes, it's a brand new 2020 Jeep Gladiator Rubicon. And obviously, we bought it straight up, you know, from the dealership. And then we have modified it. And Tommy has an extensive video series on TFL truck uh, where we actually got Mopar parts, Jeep performance parts, and several other um, companies come together. And uh, once again, I want to thank all our partners, right? Because without this, our video series would not be possible. And without this, we cannot actually you know, tell you this stuff. Yeah, but we did what most people do, right, with the Jeep. We lifted it, we put on bigger tires, uh, we put on, well, snorkel, most people don't snorkel, but we did. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, we put on a rooftop tent, uh, making it, you know, a very capable off-roader, probably more capable uh, than many, but it's a good representation of the breed, I think, you know, uh, I think you'd have a hard time arguing that some of the most off-road capable trucks out there, whether it's the Tacoma, whether it's the Gladiator, whether it's, you know, the Ranger, are, uh, are mid-sized trucks. Yeah, and actually, also, a couple of years ago, we come up with a scale, right, the scoring yeah. system that any of you at home can actually apply to your truck or your SUV. We called it the ORI, Off-Road Index. Um, so it's uh, maximum 99 points, basically. Um, and we have it on our websites, tfloffroad.com, tfltruck.com. Uh, we have that information. And we can actually go, you know, pick out those qualities about each truck, like the four-wheel drive system, the transfer case, the ground clearance, 
and actually find out what's the best. Yeah, we score it basically. Yeah. So, you know, we take a bunch of factors like approach, departure, breakover, uh, number of lockers, water fording, number of skid plates. Skid plates. Yeah. And we, we calculate that and it comes up with a number. But, you know, the number sometimes doesn't translate directly to what happens off road. So I think in this podcast, we'll be talking about what happened to us when we went over 10 cup. But before we get to that, um, let's talk about the full-size or half-ton trucks. And why is it a half-ton, Andre? It's got to pay a little more than half a ton. Well, when Mr. Truck was in high school, (laughs) that was several decades ago. Sorry, Mr. Truck. Uh, So back then, you know, when the truck started actually almost 100 years ago, before Mr. Truck, um, they were set to carry certain weights, right? And a half-ton truck was set to carry a thousand pounds, which was a half-ton. That was under Mr. Mule, right? <laughs> that was when Mr. Mule was big. Yes. <laughs> so, so, and then trucks progressed. Obviously, there was a one-ton truck, two-ton truck, three-ton truck, military, five-ton, and so on and so on. But that name stuck, you yeah. know, that basic truck that could carry half a ton, that name stuck, and so did the name of one-ton truck and the three-quarter-ton truck. Those names stuck, even though those trucks can carry way more weight now. Yeah, and it's really confusing. That's why we use the mama, papa, and the baby bear analogy, right? Yeah. Because midsize, you'd think the midsize truck, which is a small truck, would be the midsize truck, but it's not. Right. <laughs> it's a small truck. Very, very confusing. But now we're talking about trucks like the Ford F-150, of course, the Chevy Silverado, which we... Uh, basically bought and we didn't modify so when we took it over Tim Cup Pass it was the only one that was not modified except for rooftop tent but that doesn't really help you off-roading right so um, and it already comes from the factory as a, a very kind of capable truck because it has a two-inch lift the trail boss the trail boss yeah. right the, the Chevy trail boss yeah. Silverado half ton um, and it's got Duratrack tires although kind of itty bitty yeah, they look you know, tiny for the for the holes. But but uh, we always joke about the tire size. But it is a 32 inch tall tire, which is actually fairly considerable. But it's not a 35 that we put on the Jeep, and it's not a 37 that we put on our heavy duty truck. So it's a relatively small tire. Yeah, uh, and of course it does have GM's famous or is it infamous Andre? I still can't decide. Uh, G80 locker. So a lot of its competitors have a little switch on the dashboard that you can click and it locks the rear differential. Uh, this one, there's no switch. Right, it's a mechanical locker, and basically what it does, um, it allows kind of both wheels to push the truck at the same time. So usually what happens if you don't have a locker is one wheel loses traction, e- either it's in the air or on ice or some slippery surface, and it starts spinning and the other tire does nothing, right? Right, because it's sending all the power to the tire that has no traction. Right, so what the locker does is kind of tries to transfer it so the tire that's sitting with traction actually gets power and uh, Chevy does it automatically like you said with no push of a button no lever Um, and it's called G80 or kind of a Detroit style locker yeah and the thing about look all trucks Andre is one of the biggest things about going off-road is not just ground clearance but basically breakover angle right how uh, much ground clearance do you have basically in the center of the truck between the two wheels yeah Uh, and trucks are long (laughs) And that's not great for off-roading, right? Right, especially crew cab trucks, right? Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they're not they're not grand, uh, and so when you lift them, it does actually help a lot because it does raise that center of gravity, but at the same time, it also raises the breakover angle and it raises the approach departure angle, which is also Achilles' heel of trucks. Um, so, so you know, it's it's um, also interesting because 
the bigger the truck you get, the longer you get. So you go from a Gladiator, which is long compared to a Wrangler, mm -hmm. but still relatively short compared to an, let's say, a Silverado or right. an F-150 or a Tundra. Um, and all that actually came into play when we were out there, you know, going over this pass. So what about the big <laughs> Papa Bear truck? What's that? That's yes. your truck, man. So in, in our case, it's a brand new um, F-250 Ford. It's a crew cab once again uh, with a six and a three quarter foot uh, bed. Um, and yeah, if you're talking about big trucks, this is almost as big as you can get. Well, it doesn't have an eight foot bed. But it's as big of an American truck as you can get. Yeah, almost as, as far as pickups are concerned. It's yeah. not a dually, obviously. It's not this, but but um, still 160 inch wheelbase, which is humongous. And I could feel that on this pass. Yeah. Uh, but you know what else I felt on the pass? We gave the truck three and a half inch lift. Yeah, thanks to our friends at Carly. Yeah, Carly suspension, very uh, high end system, very nice. Um, also, uh, Falcon Well peak tires. Yes. Um, 37 inches. Um, and so it gave the truck a lot of ground clearance. You know, it started at around, what, 10 or 11 inches. We've added almost four to five inches of extra clearance. Yeah, and, then, and to make things more interesting, we also added one big item. <laughs> <laughs> and the biggest item we added was, was a, a pop-up camper. Four-wheel campers pop-up camper, yes. It weighs about, what, 1,400 pounds by itself. Of course, I had a lot of my stuff in there, right? Well, you had a refrigerator, and you had... I had 20 heater, gallons of water. And you had a shower, and yes. you had uh, peanut butter, I believe, and water, <laughs> all kinds of stuff in that thing. Yeah, I did. And yes, so now, imagine this. So you've lifted this truck up, and, and then you've added this weight, which is sitting kind of high. Very high. Yes, so now you get a little bit of tippy. But it's not an earth roamer. You know, earth roamers are these giant Ford 550 trucks that are almost 12 feet tall. You know, they have, you know, all the crystal and fine champagnes and wines in there. Um, so we didn't want to do that. What I wanted to do is having this pop-up camper, which actually limits your height. Because which, it pops up. Yeah. And then, you know, I measured it. So I actually went to the ground. Uh, I measured from the ground um, to the top of the camper. And that was eight foot one inch. You know, and it's actually manageable. That height is a little bit more manageable than a, a regular big motorhome uh, would be. So, um, so we took our three trucks. And by the way, I, I think we also should mention that the Gladiator had some uh, KM3s, right? The mud trains uh, mm -hmm. from BF Goodrich. Yes. Uh, so thank you to those guys as well. Anyway, we took all these three trucks we, and we caravaned to Buena Vista, Colorado. Yeah, which is not far, yeah. two and a half hours. Two and a half hours we're, or so. We're yeah. very fortunate in Colorado here. Yeah, and parked them in a KOA uh, and yes. spent the night. Yes. Uh, so uh, me and Tommy uh, shared a pop-up tent from RoofNest. Uh, thank you, RoofNest, uh, for providing us two pop-up tents. Uh, our videographer, of course, keeping social distancing in mind, stayed in his own RoofNest. Uh, that was more of the uh, straight... Well, the one we had was a clamshell. Yeah, the clamshell is the Condor, which yeah. is actually large, right? It's really large, How, yeah. how was that? It was very comfortable. Okay. Yeah, you know the best thing about these, uh, well, there's two great things about pop-up tents, specifically the roof nest is, one, uh, they're super easy to open and close. Mm -hmm. Just, you know. It's assisted. It's struts and then they open up, yeah. yeah so it just kind of unfolds like origami. origami. And uh, two, uh, they're very comfortable because they've got these really nice pads in them. Uh, so, you know, most tent, most uh, tents you're sleeping on the ground and you got some air mattress that's still having a rock poke <laughs> through it. 
But these things, you know, no rocks up in the air. Yes. Uh, no bears getting at you, and super comfy. And it was cold, Andre. Uh, we were, uh, I didn't bring a, a sleeping bag, so I was bundled up pretty high. Uh, you were, uh, fortunately, very warm because your thing has a heater, right? That Yes. So the, the camper yeah. actually has, you know, a lot of nice amenities. It has a water heater. Yes. But also has an air heater. Yes. And so there's, it's, it's pro propane on board. And uh, I was so comfortable in this insulated camper that I never turned on my heater. Really? It was that warm? Yeah. Wow, ours wasn't that warm. So was that was the benefit of the camper. Of course, the 1,500 pounds of weight and the height was the negative. You know what the biggest downside to a rooftop tent is? Oh, what? You got to uh, climb a ladder, go pee. <laughs> yes. You, you always have to do that calculation when you get up. <laughs> when is the time? Is it worth it? How badly do I have to pee? Is it worth climbing down a ladder in the middle of the night with no shoes on? Yes. Or is it just worth sitting up here waiting for the sun to come up and then going to pee at the regular time? So, so you know, that, that, that is usually lost or won by the bladder and depends on how, you know, how forceful that argument is. Uh, but th that was the only bad part. Otherwise, it was fine. Uh, and so we spent the night, and then early in the morning we packed up and headed to a little, well, it really wasn't a ghost town, was it St. Elmo? Yeah, it's supposed to be a ghost town, but actually it has a, like a grocery, a little ice cream general store, store yeah. ice cream store. And by the way, there will be a video yeah. of this, or there is if you're listening to it later, on uh, TFL Truck as part of our uh, No Pavement Needed series. Yeah. Uh, so we got up, we drove to St. Elmo, which is not far from Buena Vista, maybe a half hour. Yeah, very close. Uh, and that's where uh, Tin Cup Pass starts. And Tin Cup is a really interesting pass because it goes basically from Buena Vista or St. Elmo all the way to this little town called Tin Cup, mm -hmm. which we thought was a ghost town, but it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was another active town, but it's so high elevation, right? So you're starting, what, St. Elmo is around 9,000, 8,000 8, 8, 8, yeah. uh, feet above sea level. Uh, Tin Cup Pass is over 12,000 feet, so you're actually climbing. Um, and then Tin Cup Town itself is around 10,000, I think. So, yeah, it, you don't want to spend a long winter up there. Yeah, yeah, no, it's one of those... I mean, yeah. Colorado is beautiful, and yeah. I love it in the mountains, but, man, it's eight months of winter a year. So if you're not ready for eight months of winter, don't go living up there. Uh, and uh, we lined up the truck. We had them go in, well, I thought the logical order, Radiator, small. Yes. Silverado, mid-sized, medium, not really mid-sized. See, I just did it, medium. Yeah. Uh, and you were in the... Uh, the big boy. Big boy. So I was driving the Silverado, Tommy was driving the Gladiator. And part of the reasoning for that was we figured if we hit something really hard, uh, the Gladiator was the most likely to go over it. And, and let's face it, these were not apples-to-apples -apples comparisons because the Gladiator is by far the most capable. Yeah, so let's talk about it, right? Yeah. Two lockers, front and rear. Yeah. A disconnectable front sway bar, which kind of... On the highway, you want the sway bar because you don't want the vehicle to tip over. On, when you're making on, a turn. Or... Uh, when you're making turns at higher speeds. Um, Off-road, you don't want a sway bar. So it has a disconnectable sway bar. allows for more wheel articulation. goes up and down. Solid axles. Solid axles, front and rear. It's like we said, a little bit more manageable. It's a little bit narrower, right, than the Silverado and the Ford F-250. Yeah, uh, and, uh, you know... Uh, it's got that Jeep Heritage, which is the oldest off-roader that's yeah. you know, being built right now in terms of its kind of pedigree. Right? Some people might be thinking Land Rover, but Jeep came before Land Rover. Yeah, and it has basically you know, really good gearing, right? Yeah. Four low, 410 uh, differential ratios, a really good four to one uh, transfer case ratio, and it has all the angles you know, 
departure approach, everything is really good. And then with the 35s, you air those down, you get a good soft ride. The other good thing about uh, long wheelbase, of course, is the longer the wheelbase, the softer the ride. So right. all these trucks had a good ride, but especially when you air them down, uh, they get really comfortable. And Fox shocks on this Jeep. Fox shocks. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's what Tommy was driving. I was in the Silverado. Um, you know, I, I had the advantage of one, well, it depends. There's this argument, of course, Andre, what's better? Is it independent suspension or is it solid axles? Mm -hmm. Now, uh, the truck has one of each. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the difference between the two is a solid axle will always have, you know, for the most part, both wheels planted because it's like a teeter-totter. Right. Yeah, one wheel forces the other one. one yeah, exactly. Of, yeah. Whereas independent suspension, what can happen is, think about it, they're independent of each other, so like if one falls in a hole or a rut, it doesn't have any traction while the other one still does. And so you have uh, this kind of weird thing going on. And, it, and it's got the G80, and it doesn't really have anything outside of a low-speed transfer case, right? Low range. Yeah, uh, and the G80, and that's it. And of course, you know, um, pretty good off-road tires. Yeah, the dirt tracks are really good yeah. in our experience. Uh, on any truck that we've tested. So there's not a lot that you can do. There's not like Tommy could lock his front and then or his rear, then his front, and then disconnect the sway bar. And then of course he had the winch on the front of it. So <laughs> worst came to worst, right. he could winch. Yes. We had none of that. Yeah. Uh, and then you were of course uh, in the Papa Bear, the F250 with the big 7.3 liter Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, tell me what you had in that thing in terms of off-road ability. So we it's all not a trimmer. It's not a tremor, so but it's our it, own tremor. Yeah, I, I'm calling it super tremor because we wanted kind of a work truck, which we did. By the way, all these trucks same price, which is crazy. Oh, yeah, fifty-five grand was the big, uh, asking price for all of these three trucks. Yeah, we paid and we bought them all ourselves. Yes, of course and, that didn't end there because well, the Silverado was fifty-five and that was it. Yes, we've added a lot more to yeah, the Ford Tommy, and the Tommy Jeep. Tommy added like fifteen k worth of upgrades, and you added like. 45,000 <laughs> Including the camper, the suspension, yeah. the tires, the wheels, and everything else. That, so so that. you're in this big boy truck. What do you got? So I got a rear locker. Yep. So I, I can actually pull out on this knob. Solid, solid axles. Solid axles, front and rear. No front locker whatsoever. Yeah. Um, the Tremor from the factory, the, the one, the truck that Ford sells, has a few nice you know, changes to it. They have a limited slip front differential. They have a little bit more water fording ability from the factory versus a regular F-250 due to some you know, breathing tubes on the axles and all that stuff. And they have a special rock crawl mode that allows you to like, you know, negotiate you know, at slower speeds, uh, different obstacles. Um, what else do they have? Well, they have Duratrack tires. Um, but you know, we started with a work truck, which is an XLT crew cab with a couple of options. And like we said, 37-inch tall tires, suspension system from Carly, and I aired down to about 30 PSI. I was, a heavy-duty truck was about 70 PSI to begin with. Now it's 30, so the tires are very squishy and very nice. And like you said, longer the wheelbase, the better. Um, I talked to my friend Destin before we left, and he said, I ran Tin Cup Pass a couple of years ago, and it rattled my two teeth straight out. Um, so I was really worried about, you know, rattling and going over all these rocky terrain. Wasn't the case. It was yeah. a nice ride. So let's talk about Tim Cup. Uh, it starts, it's probably 15 miles long. It's quite a ways. Uh, it starts as kind of a rocky, steep road. And when I say rocky, imagine like uh, rocks the size of cantaloupes to watermelons, right? Uh, oftentimes, um, 
people see a rocky road like that, it's hard to capture how steep it is on camera, mm -hmm. and they think my Civic can do it. You know, the start of Tinka Pass, you wouldn't go five feet in the Civic before you, you know, hit a rock and tear out your spoiler, or it wouldn't have enough front-wheel drive traction to go any right, further. Right, you start spinning, right? Right, yeah. yeah. So either you'd break it or you get stuck right away. Uh, uh, and, you know, um, we don't do a good enough job, actually, in showing how, how difficult some of these things are. So when people watch them on video, it looks like a truck going down a dirt road, but it's not. It, it definitely, you needed to engage four-wheel drive, four-low right away. Uh, uh, and then it kind of opens up into a really beautiful, like, um, um, it's not a pasture, but valley, you know, below you mm -hmm. and then kind of open fields. And then you get uh, my favorite thing, which is a shelf road. <laughs> Yes, which your is favorite. becoming your favorite thing, I think. Uh, I'm afraid of heights, dude. Yeah, and then you get to the top, and then it gets really gnarly. Yeah, uh, on the going down side towards Tinkup yeah. town, it gets really bouldery, and these boulders are the size of Volkswagens. Yeah, now. these are. This is some serious, like you know, yeah. rock crawly stuff. And actually, you would think it'd be easier to go down that, but I think it's much harder. I think going up uh, is a lot easier than going down, and even in places like Black Bear which is a classic Colorado pass, the terrifying part is going down, never going up. Because going up, you're either gonna do it or you're not gonna do it. Going down, uh, you know, you- You're you kind of rolling. You have a lot of weight behind you. <laughs> yes. In and, my case, 9,000 pounds. Yeah, and you may not stop. Yeah. So yeah. Let's, start, let's start with, um, well, Tommy's not here, but let's start with how he did, you know, that was like no, no sweat on that. Really well, he was scary. on the radio laughing most, yeah, yeah, most of the time. Yeah, so he was like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> you guys are a bunch of wimps. Yeah. And then I followed him up in the Silverado, uh, and the Silverado did okay, you know, it, it, it was kind of working a little bit, but the, the nice part about the Silverado is it's just a badass looking truck. I think we got a really good color. It's kind of that white and that black and red uh, paint scheme, which I really think looks good. Uh, the big downside with it, and you might, might have had the same thing with the F-250, is you don't know where the corners are. Uh, yeah, you know, they, they, they've got this design language that's like a fist in the wind, but you can't see over the knuckle. You have no clue where those front wheels are, and we only had a backup camera, so it's not like you can even look forward using the front-facing camera, which right. you can get it with, but we don't have it. Yeah, and uh, you know, one thing that I wish some of these trucks had more standard is actually a front camera. Yeah. Because you really need it in a lot of situations, no matter if you're going to your grocery store and you're trying to park, or you're climbing this shelf road, and if you make a wrong move on this shelf road, you're facing, you know, a roll down the cliff. Yeah, basically. so I think cameras are probably one of the biggest game changers that, that, that have come along recently. Uh, and the technology is just really improving, like, bounds and bounds in the few short years. So we went from having these, you know, mandatory backup cameras, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to having cameras now where you've got a bird's eye view, so you could, like you're looking down onto the truck, sure. or some of the fancier stuff, uh, I know uh, Range Rover does this, Land Rover does it, uh, you can actually look through the hood of the vehicle as if the hood wasn't there. So you're actually seeing the tires, not just in front of them, but like you're actually looking through it. Uh, my biggest rant right now, Andre, is enough with the frickin' potato cams, okay? How expensive can it be to have a high-definition camera? Because a lot of the cameras, even, let's say you have the camera, they're useless because they're these, like, looks like some kind of a camera you would buy. Uh, in 1999 or yeah, something? Yeah, in 1999 that, that you gave to your mom, you know, <laughs> that she was happy with. Yes. But you were looking at the pictures, like, because what happens is, and you, you know how you can tell? You know, you know how the easiest way you can tell whether you've got a crap cam or a potato cam? Uh, how? At night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
when, the, when the light is poor. When the light and, is poor, and, and, and you, you cannot see. You hit it in reverse, yeah. and all you see are like different shades <laughs> of, of black or white. Then <laughs> you know you got a potato cam. Yes. Uh, uh, and that's what happens with, even in high sunlight. What ends up happening with these crappy little cameras is it washes out all definition, and you have no sense of like a depth. Depth, yeah. So, so you immediately lose depth, which is the one thing you need. Uh, and actually, uh, some of the high end cameras too, like. Uh, we drove a Raptor recently, about a year ago. That has a front camera. Um, and some of the nicest cameras struggle with depth, right? Because we have two eyes. Yeah. And that, you know, that helps us actually judge distance. But when you have only one camera looking forward, um, so what you always have to do, you can't rely solely on the camera, right? Yeah. But it helps. It helps to know exactly what the obstacle is. But when you're off-roading, and I think you were doing it, Tommy was doing it, and I was doing it, you memorize the... 20 feet in front of you, right? It's in your mind. And then as you drive over it, you can't see it. <laughs> so you have to use your memory and say, oh, okay, I think there was a log right there and there's a rock right here. And if I go left, that's no good. You know, so you always trying to kind of predict what's happening. So we had a beautiful day, the sun was shining. Uh, you know, we were air down, full of gas, going up this, you know, steep watermelon-sized rock trail. And uh, it was relatively, uh, easy for Tommy and it was a little bit easy for me because I, I got to follow his line but the biggest difference obviously between these three trucks is size mm -hmm. and you know he could thread the needle whereas at sometimes I would have to go over the needle <laughs> right. what I mean by that is you couldn't go between the boulders right. because the truck is wider you would have to go over the boulders and with you I could I didn't have to steer. <laughs> you just you so, couldn't steer because it, it was the truck was as wide as the trail so I was watching you guys because you were always in front of me and I could see, like you said, Tommy zigzagging, right? He was going yeah. left, right, picking left, line, right. Yeah. He was picking his line. He was being, you know, very precise, very nice. And you kind of did the same thing. Sometimes, you know, you would go left or right. But I was thankful for the clearance I had. I had so much clearance that sometimes, first of all, I couldn't turn because it's so wide. But I could just go over some of these boulders without touching. Um, and I think you scraped maybe a hitch a couple times, Yeah, I right? scraped a hitch I hit at the bottom of the truck. Uh, what always worried me about your truck, of course, was it was so top-heavy with that. Right? You don't want a tall center of gravity because when you get on the really inclining stuff, yeah. then you know, the taller the center of gravity, the higher, the more likely you are to roll. Uh, and you also feel that when you're going over boulders, right? Because it just the, the truck just, uh, and, and that's the thing. When you raise a truck, it does give it more capability, but it also raises the center of gravity. Right. And then the more stuff you put on top of the truck, which is very common now, yeah. even with the roof tent, those roof tents are like 100 pounds a piece. Once right. again, you're raising the center of gravity, all all of which is not good if so, you want to stay on four wheels. And I remember, remember on the difficult section when we reached the uh, summit hey, and we, we were climbing. There yet. Hold on, we'll get to it. Don't, okay, don't, okay. don't zip ahead. Well, I'm t trying to talk about kind of turning capability we'll because get there. We'll get because there. I would ask you, you would get out of this truck, and I would say, Roman, can I make this turn? Because yeah. I was really worried because you know you made the turn and Tommy made the turn, but I'm like. I, my truck is like two feet longer than right, yours. So, so let's talk about that. So yeah. then we get through this kind of meadow section. We get to kind of a forest area where a bunch of trees have been chopped down, and you got to use your, you got to use your new toy, which is your electric saw, because <laughs> there seemed to be an obstacle in the way, Andre. Yes, I used my chainsaw. I was really You'll happy. have to watch the video and yeah. see how it got there. Uh, but then we get to a very tight switchback. Uh, and I think Tommy made it in like one turn, just kind of went wide and went. And I think I made it one turn, but you didn't make it in one turn. No, no, I had to make a three-point turn. Yeah, yeah. But uh, which is which is also problematic because now 
You're talking about backing up. Yes. And I made the truck less useful by putting the camper on it, removed the tailgate, removed my backup cam. <laughs> and your backup sensors. And, well, my backup sensors still beep. Yeah. That's fine. They're on the bumper and they still annoy me yeah. um, all the time. And my, by the way, mine were super annoying too. So, yeah. so those, those sensors, which are great when you're backing into a tight parking space or your garage, are absolutely useless when you're on a trail because every time it sees a rock, it thinks you're about to hit it. <laughs> uh, and so it's beep. So in the Silverado, you can actually disengage them so you can turn them off. Yeah, I, I can too. And that was, of course, it comes back every time you restart the Yeah, end, of right? course, yeah. Um, and so, by the way, of course, you can make, you could fix these issues, right? You could install the camera on your camper. Uh, you know, I just wasn't able to get there quite yet. Um, so, yeah, backing up, I'd had to use my mirrors, be very careful, um, and just, yeah, uh, and, it was not easy. And as much fun as, as, you know, going forward on a tight trail is, and by fun I mean no fun, backing up is that much less fun. <laughs> because backing up in a big truck and you don't know quite exactly where that rear wheel is going to go off the side of the mountain yeah. is, is really hair-raising. It's clinchy, I would yeah, say. Yeah, it yeah. is clinchy. <laughs> So, you know, the, the turning radius on the big truck is not grand, but you did it. Yeah. Uh, and then we kind of, you know, made our way up. And then we got to my least favorite thing. Uh, and by least favorite thing, I mean most terrifying thing, which is a shelf road. So a shelf road is basically a side of the mountain with a road, like, blasted into it with a 2,000-foot fall if you place the wheel wrong or for some reason you... You know, if the, if the shelf road is going up and the mountains to your right, if you have a sudden urge to turn left, you're going to die. Yeah, and it's usually loose rock too, right? Yes. Because somebody either cut through it in the mountain or blasted through it, like you said. So they made this trail possible, but it's loose rock and you can kind of hear the rock shifting sometimes, right? You're moving over it and you're like, ooh, is, you know, is it going to be okay? And so, so, you know, there's Tommy, right, who's hugging the side of the mountain. He's yeah. got probably a good, what, 12 inches, maybe more 18 inches before, you know, the, the dramatic fall. And then me, I'm kind of, you know, in the middle of the trail because my truck is forcing me to be there. But right. nevertheless, there's probably like six inches and then there's you. <laughs> and I remember you came on the radio and said, Andre, why are you slowing down? Yeah. Keep up with us. Yeah. I was like, I'm slowing down because I'm trying to keep the truck alive and myself alive. Yeah. Uh, and that's where, you know, the bigger the truck, uh, the more uh, scary it is, uh, especially when somebody else is going the other direction. Yeah, we had to pass some side-by-sides, yeah. jeeps, uh, there are lots of uh, off-roaders. And then we're getting close to the top, right? And it's becoming more and more gorgeous. The, the scenery is amazing. We're above tree line now. Right. And remember, there's a group of side-by-sides, and I think you heard one of them was grumpy. Or what did you say? Yeah, well, so the off-road uh, criteria is, uh, not criteria, the rules, unofficial rules are, if you're going up, a single trail or a single track that you know is just wide enough for one, uh, then the person going up has a right away. So yeah. the person going down moves aside, unless the person going up. Uh, and this guy came up, and I heard him say, "Can you believe he's taking that house up here?" And he was talking about me. Yeah, and we had just moved over to actually let him up past us, mm -hmm. you know, with no uh, great ease to do that. And then he got all grumpy on us, which was kind of bad. And by the way, Andre, have you noticed that the side by side is the new Jeep now? I think we saw uh, dozens of them. Dozens yeah, of them. Yeah. It was like ATVs, um, side-by-sides, a couple of Jeeps, and then... A couple uh, of Toyotas, too. A couple of Toyotas, a yeah. couple you know, Tacomas are very popular, and yeah. then the three of us. 
Yeah, but nobody was carrying a camper on him. Yeah. <laughs> so then we get to the top of the pass, yeah. which like you, you said is about 12,000 feet, way yeah, above over, the Yeah, yeah. You know, beautiful, stunning views. One way you're looking down into kind of that Buena Vista, South Park area. The other way you're looking down into uh, death, because that's where it got ugly. Yeah, and we were asking, uh, you know, the guys who were coming up the other side, can we make it? Should we keep going? And a couple of guys said no. Couple, you, yeah, the people in the, so, so the reason the side-by-sides are the new Jeeps is because side-by-sides make everything look easy, right? They're, and they go fast. Their wheel travel yeah. is incredible. Their weight is light. Their power to weight is also incredible. Incredible. <laughs> yes. uh, you have a roll cage around you. Uh, and so it makes going up and over these hard passes seem easy and it opens up the off-roading world to a lot of people who might not normally do it. And it's also more pleasant, right, because the thing about off-roading is you're getting tossed around for a long time. 15 miles of off-road at, what, 5 miles an hour is 3 hours of... Minimum, yeah, minimum. minimum. Yeah. It took us longer than that. Yeah. Of, of pretty, you know, neck-snapping, uh, bouncy uh, trail riding, but in a side-by-side -side, you don't feel it. No, and you can go much faster. Thankfully, these guys were, you know, mindful and they weren't speeding, you know, at 40 miles an hour past us. Uh, they were actually going, you know, quite slowly. So, so we got over the top, and then the cool thing about Tin Cup is that there are a number of different lines you can take. So Tommy, of course, being in the most off-road world, he decides to go for the hard line. Yeah, which yeah. he should. Yeah. Which he should. Yeah. Uh, and he, he did it no problem. Right. And then me and you were like, uh, I don't know, dude. Let's yeah. go for the easy line. Yeah. Uh, Which wasn't that easy, but No, it wasn't that easy. So we had like, I would say maybe two to three foot drop-offs, you know, like, like steps. Ledges, yeah. Uh, off camber steps, you know, big boulders that you couldn't go around, that you had to kind of, you couldn't straddle, but you had to put your tire on. Uh, and then the worst part of it wasn't even that. It was... 3,000 side-by-sides all wanted to go around you because we're the slowest thing on the mountain. And that's very stressful. It was because you want to be mindful of the other people, but we're trying to also survive and film at the same time. So, so uh, It was stressful. So Tommy took it down the hard part, no problem. I, I hit the bottom pretty hard once. You know, it was, it was a kind of back jarring, like, ouch. This is so you needed more clearance, really. Yeah. Yeah, you needed it. Yeah. yeah. Didn't have any lack of traction on the way up, but certainly had lack of clearance. And even when I did imaging passes, you recall, I brought the truck back with a sizable dent in the front because, you once did. again, yes. the approach angle wasn't good. It was just, I just ended the plastic, which we were able to kind of push back. Yeah, we bent the plastic back. Yeah, yeah. but, but yeah, it, it certainly is uh, the most, um, the most stock uh, and thus, uh, you know, the most susceptible to trail damage. So how was it going down with the F-250? Because that's a lot of weight that's pushing you down the mountain. Yeah, so first of all, and there was a section where Tommy actually um, uh, spotted you, and then he spotted me. And that's really helpful because, like we said, vision is very limited. And he was actually was talking to me on the radio and told me, okay, left, you know, driver, passenger, left, right. You, you know when you're stressed out? Because usually when we're spotting each other, it's like, okay, go passenger, go driver. And then whenever the spotter says the other passenger <laughs> side, you know you're stressed out. <laughs> It's like the other left, yeah, the other, the other left. right, the other passenger side, yeah, uh, not that driver's side. So, I was thankful for two things. First, my articulation was pretty good. Once again, solid axles front and rear on the Ford. So I was able to actually keep the tires mostly on the ground. I could feel it. I could feel the tires um, being on the ground still. Although I think the rear, one of the rear tires was in the air at one point. 
Um, and then Tommy walked me through it. And that's the only thing that kind of helped me. If Tommy wasn't there, if I was there by myself, I think I would have had to stop, get out and look. How are the sight lines? Not great. Mm. Once again, this truck is eight feet tall. You know, I'm looking down over the hood. So it's kind of like a Silverado, in fact. So if I, if I was there by myself, it would have been a lot more stressful. Tommy helped me out and I never touched anything. Never scraped a hitch, never scraped the skid plate. I was very impressed. Like I say, it's pretty amazing to see basically a home on wheels <laughs> negotiating this. I think the pass is rated either 5 or 6 out of 10, which is getting up there. Yeah. I, I don't think actually in a heavy-duty truck I'd want to do more than 5 or 6. The, the other issue with taking your home along with you is, uh, unlike a rooftop tent, you have like glasses and silverware and <laughs> like stuff. Well, inside. not in my case necessarily, but uh, yeah, but ideally if you were living through it. You'd have it. all your stuff in there. Yeah. yeah. I had my cups and plates and right. forks and everything was flying around. Yeah, yeah, you don't want that. Uh, <laughs> yes. but, to, but to see this like behemoth like, you know, slowly but surely navigate his way through these very craggy and um, ra you know, roly-poly and uh, sharp. Yeah. I mean, it, it was all there, uh, and and to do it and to do it so gracefully was pretty amazing. So, uh, I would say, you know, out of the three trucks, the one that amazed me the most was definitely you and the uh, F two fifty. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. And w w when we got done, once again, after we did the difficult section, there was still another like three, four miles of rough rocks. Yeah. And um, not big rocks, but actually just Can really rough. Can't rocks, yeah. Yeah, really rough sections. And I was, you know, what Destin said was playing in my mind, you know, really, really rough, rough, rough. But, you know, the truck, the Ford did well. The, the suspension worked, the tires worked. Um, it was very comfortable. I had my AC on. <laughs> You know, because it was very dusty too, so I closed my windows, had the AC on, and just kind of cruised down. But, you know, I was sweating there quite a lot, uh, just because of the difficulty of it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, so out of the three trucks, right, um, they were all, when we started this conversation by saying which of these three is the most off-road worthy, yeah. but they were all set up for three different things. So, so Tommy's, I think, is laser-focused on off-roading. Right, and more specifically, probably rock crawling. It's, yeah, it's got, and it showed on this. And it showed on, yeah. on this trail. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, the F two fifty is more set up for just camping and comfort. And comfort, really. yeah. You know, the cab is gigantic. Yeah, the rear seat is gigantic. You know, at any moment I could have stopped, raised my tent, <laughs> raised my camper roof, and just I don't know, played cards or had a drink or whatever. Yeah, you brought your home with you. Yeah, which is you know. Great, but not ideal for, for the bringing part. Right. The parking part is good. Yes. The bringing part is not so good. And then, of course, the Silverado is completely stock. Uh, so that's kind of the, the Swiss Army knife of them all, right? It's not, it's not laser focused on one thing, but it will still uh, tow whatever it is, 9,000 pounds, I and think. And you still had your bed usable. Yeah. Your bed was, you know, but, you could put whatever you want. It'll still haul. Yeah. It'll do everything that a pickup truck should do. Uh, so the question that we started is, which of these is the most off-road worthy? And I think... Um, by far, the, the Gladiator, even out of is the it? box, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, that's that's what it's designed for, and that's uh, why it does so well because it has the off-road goodies. It's also the smallest, and let's face it, smaller is better, especially on a shelf road. Right. <laughs> it's more nimble. It's it's kind of the uh, well, let's use a football analogy, the running back. 
Well, some running backs can be quite large, but yes, it's yeah, it's not alignment. It's not alignment. Yeah, it's not alignment. Yeah. And then maybe the, the once again we'll stick with the football analogy. The Silverado is kind of like a quarterback, right? Kind of do a lot of different things. Yeah, it does a lot yeah. of different things. Uh, it'll tow. It'll haul. Right. You know, um, it, it you know it may not run for a pass, but <laughs> but it'll throw the pass. Right. Uh, and then, of course, I think there's no doubt that the uh, uh, F-250 is, is, is alignment. It, had its, it held its ground. Yeah, yeah. It held its ground, but, you know... It will bash over a boulder <laughs> instead of going around it. Right. So, yeah, I think the Gladiator, by, you know, definitely was most capable as far as focused on that trail, off-road worthy truck. But, you know, Silverado also kind of impressed out of the box. You know, it actually did the trail. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if it were your money, they all cost the same, and you were to go off-roading, which one would you get? Boy, um, you know, I was really... Off-roading now, we're going to say off-roading. Off-roading, yeah. not, not just necessarily if, overlanding. Right, if you just want to go off-roading. I, I would say Gladiator. Yeah, I'd be yeah. there too, Gladiator. Now, how about if you want to go overlanding? Now, over, uh, the difference, let's talk about the difference. Yeah, what, what is the difference? Well, you know, off-roading is what we did going over Tim Cum Pass. Yes. Uh, overlanding is basically crossing the world off-road, which may or may not involve going over Tim Cup Pass. But a lot of kind of off-the-grid, uh, yeah. you know, dirt roads, yeah. off-roading, etc. Yeah, so which would you choose for that? Oh, the fourth, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you've got it's, the most comfortable. It's the biggest, it's the most comfortable, it's just nice, yeah. Yeah, if you're going to spend months or maybe years away from home, why not bring your home with you? Right. And then I would say, you know, if you want a truck that does it all, it can go... Swiss Army? The Swiss yeah. Army knife, yeah. literally red. Then get the uh, full-size truck, the half-ton, because it, uh, uh, you know, it, it may not be the most nimble, it may not be the most uh, comfortable, but it does it all, and it does it all with uh, relative style. So you, you know what I want to see next year? What do you want to see, Doctor? I want to see GM... Um, either Silverado or some other way, um, m build a truck that's actually above where the trail bus is. You know, there's ZR2. ZR2, or the next level, whatever you want to call it, but actually give it another lift, maybe bigger tires, more suspension. Um, I think that would be the interesting part. Because the TRX is out, right? TRX is out, the Raptor is out. I want to see GM actually go beyond where they are. Yeah, and keep in mind, uh, you, you may be wondering, actually, you, you can't have a conversation about trucks without talking about the Raptor now. Uh, and, and I suppose the TRX, these are more desert runners, mm -hmm. right? These trucks, just because you've got a lot of horsepower doesn't help you actually go up and over a pass. No, and these trucks are wider than the Super Duty, right? Yeah. So we're talking about shelf roads? Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know if I want to do it in a TRX. Or a Raptor. Or a Raptor, for that matter. Yeah, you know, I mean, the great thing about a Raptor or a TRX are... The fact that it has you know a lot of suspension travel, uh, but as rock crawlers, you know, uh, they're better at like high speed running than they are going up and over passes in Colorado. Or maybe dunes, yeah, they're or kind dunes, of for yeah. dunes, yeah. yeah. But as soon as you go tight turns, you know, you have a really big wide truck and shelf roads, you know, oof, I wouldn't really. Uh, want to drive one of those trucks there. So before we wrap this podcast up, Andre, you got some notes there. What are those notes about? Well, I have ORI scores. Okay, let's, let's, so, let's hear them. So, well, um, so here, if you're playing along at home, yep. right, uh, I said 99 points is the maximum value. That means right? you're the most, that's, that means you're as capable off-road as you can get. And the reason why it's 99, not 100, Until is because... Until flying cars come along. 
Well, yeah, that, that would be pretty capable. Yeah. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, the reason why it's not 100 points is because one point we reserved for opinion. Yeah. But we're not giving opinions today as far as the scoring is concerned. So a four-wheel drive system, a proper one, would give you 20 points. Yes. Um, if you don't have low range, for example, you would subtract points. A transfer case, which means, um, uh, once again, low gearing for crawling, uh, that's an additional 20 points. If you don't have that, obviously less, fewer points are awarded. Uh, altering tires or some sort of a tire that has a lot of grip, uh, big kind of knobs. Yeah, or it won't puncture easily. You, that won't puncture easily. Um, and, um, you know, better than an all season on the highway, basically. 10 points. Uh, more than nine inches of ground clearance mm -hmm. gives you five points. And you know, most crossovers have less than nine inches. So if yeah. you look about the Subaru Outback. 8.7. 8.7. I think 8.7 is some sort of, uh, you know, nonverbal agreed to clearance for crossovers. You, you know, Andre, I, I'm still hoping that one of our readers or listeners or viewers actually brings out their Subaru and takes on one of these passes because we always get comments from people saying, you know, my Subaru can do that. Or my Civic can do it. Or my it, Civic, yeah. but you know, I would love to see a Subaru take this on. You, you, you never actually, very rarely, do you actually see uh, uh, Subarus out there doing it. And if uh, you're curious like me, I would love to see even a lifted Subaru try some of this and see how it does. Yeah, and if you know, and how it scores on our scale, yeah. right? So more than nine inches of ground clearance gives you five points. Then diff locks. And we're talking about three of them now. Front, so, and rear. Uh, front, middle, and rear. Middle is usually the transfer case, right? right everybody's because, got that. Yeah. yeah. So if you have that, you already have that. But front and rear lockers, that's very important. Not many trucks have this. This Chevy ZR2 has it. The Gladiator has it. Yeah, power both wagon. Of them, both of them. Not, a lot of but trucks buff, have rear. rear right. Yeah. Both front and rear. Hmm. Um, armor. Uh, you would have to have at least three skid plates. So diff locks give you 15 points in total for all three. Armor, if you have three skid plates or more, you get nine points. Yeah, and so let's say front would be like protect the engine, middle would be protect the diff, and rear would be protect the fuel tank or right. diff. Yeah, and also there is sometimes some manufacturers have transmission protection, you know, well, for yeah. the transmission yeah. or your transfer case. Um, and of course, uh, like the ZR2 Bison, I think has five skid plates. I mean, that Made thing Borean. is... Borium? Borium? Is that what it's called? Unobtainium? No, it's, um, it's borium. Bor yeah, it's ultra high strength steel yeah. um, with with uh, additives basically. And then angles and we're say, <laughs> yes, and then we're saying um, uh, if you have approach departure and breakover angles of over twenty five degrees, which is actually for breakover is hard to come by. Yeah. Um, you get another fifteen points. And finally, if you have tech like more than one camera or uh, hill descent control, etc., etc. You get another five, and all that adds up to ninety-nine points. All of that, if you're scoring perfectly, that would be ninety-nine points. But uh, rarely you get close to ninety yeah. points. Yeah. yeah. So did you did you get the uh, did you get the what the truck score? Did you? No, no, you'll have to play along at home. Okay. And, and yeah. do that. There you go. You could you could go and you can in the comments below you could you could score the vehicles yourself and see. What and and we'll have that information on our website too. Yes, of course. Well, guys, there you have it. Thank you, Andre. Uh, if you want to watch this video, it's going to be the third episode of uh, No Pavement Needed. If you want to see the Gladiator take on uh, Black Bear Pass, it's already up on our yep. truck channel. If you want to see the Silverado take on Imogene Pass, it's already up there. And the next one is, of course, all three trucks taking on Tin Cup. Yep.
So thank you guys for joining us. And of course, tfltruck.com is the website. For more news, views, and of course, real world reviews. And if you like Andre's t-shirt, you can buy it. Yes, it's Duck Company t-shirt and it's specific TFL gear. You know what the most popular one we have is? What? It's the iContlet, of course. Well, because it's our signature towing test. That's right. And we've got some more eggs coming up, Andre. Yeah, what do we, we have, have a Nissan up? Titan XD Ike. Yep. We have a Ford F-250 Ike, yep. the Super Duty. And that's it for now. Yeah, that's plenty. Yeah. It's a lot of work. All right, yeah. see you guys next time. Ciao. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.